Educate for Life on AM 1170. The answer is sponsored by EducateForLife.org. This is Educate for Life with Kevin Conover on AM 1170, The Answer. Educate for Life, a look at current events from today's headlines and how they affect you, what you believe shapes your worldview and your ultimate destiny. Learn more now at educateforlife.com. Now in studio, here is your host, Kevin Conover. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We are on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego, every Sunday from 4 to 5 p.m. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org. That's F-O-R, educate for F-O-R, life.org. And, you know, what I'm, I, the reason I host this radio show is because I'm passionate about people knowing uh, why the Bible is true. And I'm... Um, um, advocating a biblical worldview. Now, I don't expect anybody to believe the Bible for no good reason. I don't expect anybody to believe the Bible just because of um, a blind faith. I actually think that does a discredit to the truth of Christianity and to Jesus Christ if we believe something without a good reason. You know, in, in the Bible, in the New Testament, the Bereans are praised because they didn't just take what Paul said and just go with it. They actually would research and make sure that what he said made sense. Uh, they would go back and look at the scriptures uh, in the Old Testament to see what made sense. And, you know, one of the most difficult issues that um, we're struggling with in our culture, in American culture today, and really and really around the world, is the issue of homosexuality. It's a, such a polarizing issue. There's so many people, there's so much emotions wrapped up into it. People know people personally. And then they, they read the Bible and they, they go, how can I reconcile my love for this person with what the Bible says about homosexuality and that it's wrong? And, and it it really divides people. And so um, last week we talked about some of the consequences of the male homosexual lifestyle from a medical perspective. And this week I have a very special guest on the show. Her name is Dawn Stefanowitz. And um, she just has a perspective that you're not going to hear very often in the sense that um, she has a testimony and a life story that gives her a voice, uh, gives her a perspective that uh, a lot of people, I think, really need to hear, especially with the U.S. Supreme Court case coming up just around the corner here, uh, where the, the Supreme Court is um, going to decide if there is a constitutional right to same-sex marriage in, uh, in the Constitution. And that really is going to have a dramatic impact on, especially if they decide that there is that right in the Constitution, that is going to have a dramatic impact on our country in so many different ways. And um, Dawn Stefanowitz is, uh, just recently wrote a book uh, called Out From Under, and uh, a book about her life and what it was like to grow up uh, being parented by a homosexual father. And uh, Dawn, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I very much appreciate this. Uh, well, you know, um, like I was saying, you have a perspective that a lot of people um, haven't had a chance to have. And, and really, um, homosexuality, uh, it, it, historically speaking, in American culture, um, the acceptance of the homosexual lifestyle is a relatively new thing. Um, in fact, prior to 1961, um, homosexuality in uh, every state in America, as far as I know, was actually e illegal. And we're not talking about homosexual marriage. Literally, um, uh, the homosexual lifestyle itself was actually illegal. And uh, yet it's become more and more acceptable. And now we're seeing kids grow up who have had uh, homosexual parents and uh, and kids are now sharing their experience. And Dawn, that's your that's your experience. And um, can you just give us a little bit about uh, of your background and growing up and uh, how you came to be uh, literally writing a book about this subject and why you're speaking out uh, in court, you know, in giving testimony and so forth? Well, it's interesting because I never planned on ever going public. Um, beginning when I was 10 months old, my father brought into our home a male partner to live with us for five years. And my twin brother and I, again, we were only 10 months old. And then our younger brother uh, came into the picture within just a few years' time, and my parents stopped all sexual activity uh, in the home. And the only kind of sex that was going on in my home growing up was homosexual sex. 
my father had many sexual partners by the time I was eight years old. Uh, he had had a number of partners brought into the home, and one began to live with us um, in the fall. Uh, I remember the rec room was completely remodeled, and this man, young man moved in with us after his um, younger brother had committed suicide. And his younger brother had been involved with my father. He was under 18 years of age, so he would have been a minor. And another young man had committed suicide within weeks um, after that first suicide. So I, I was a young child. I had already experienced the death of two of my father's partners. And my father began taking me to the Gay Nude Beach, which was just off, uh, this is Toronto, Canada, just off of Toronto Island at one end called Hamlin's Point, which was known to be uh, a Gay Nude Beach. It's now legally a clothing optional beach, according to uh, a vote that was made by city council. Now, anyway, uh, I, so I was exposed to the first sex shop in Canada called Lovecraft, downtown Toronto. My father, how, Dawn, how old were you at this time? I, I was only eight, nine years old. Okay. And so what I grew up in, I was, I was actually growing up not just in a gay household, I was growing up in, uh, under the developing GLBT, that's gay, lesbian, bisexual, transsexual, transgender um, subcultures. So I, I got, uh, you know, ears full, eyes full of what this lifestyle actually involved. And so growing up, this, this impacted the first 30 years of my life. And my father ended up dying of AIDS in 1991, and his last partner died of AIDS in 1996. And some of his partners are named on Cosper Square, downtown Toronto, where, uh, where they have um, a number of people that have died of AIDS that are listed there, and they're mostly men. Um, the challenge that I had growing up in this is I was silenced, and I did not have the words. I did not have... Uh, an ability really to express my thoughts and my feelings about my experiences growing up in this kind of environment until my late 20s, early 30s. And then um, as I, you know, went through my own healing journey, which involved some Christian counseling, and uh, as well as I uh, became involved in some different Bible studies and different groups, I uh, began to get involved in... um, you know, issues like homosexuality and some other issues that affect families and affect our, our society. And it was in my uh, early 40s, as I was addressing the uh, Canadian Senate of Legal and Constitutional Affairs, because at the time they were looking at adding sexual orientation as a protected category under our hate crime legislation here in Canada. And um, as I had spoken there at the Senate and then had addressed uh, sexuality, uh, what was going to be taught in our schools locally, I began to realize I needed to write my book. I was compelled to write it out from under the impact of homosexual parenting so that I could tell my story without being interrupted or ignored or silenced. That uh, story became public in 2007, and that was just after, again, hate crime legislation included sexual orientation as a protected category in 2004, and same-sex marriage was legalized in Canada in July 2005. So we have now had uh, same-sex marriage for uh, just over 10 years, and I have provided testimony in Canada and the United States on same-sex marriage, same-sex parenting. I've addressed um, hate crime-like policies, provided testimony on same-sex marriage and same-sex parenting to nine U.S. states, to the Fifth Circuit, and most recently to SCOTUS. Wow. Now, you uh, that's, that's pretty amazing. And so you have um, all kinds of 
knowledge and information uh, from every aspect, as well as personal, as well as your own research, as well as how it affects policy uh, when certain laws are passed. Uh, so this is fantastic to have um, your insight on these issues. We are uh, coming right up here on a break, and when we come back, we're going to continue this discussion with Dawn Stefanowitz, and she is... Um, was raised by a homosexual father, if you're just tuning in. Uh, she has written a book called Out From Under. If you'd like to get more uh, details than we're going to be able to get to on this show, uh, she also has a website uh, where you can uh, purchase the book and also uh, has a lot of research on uh, the legal situation regarding same-sex marriage and so forth. We're going to be right back. My name is Kevin Conover. You're on AM 1170, The Answer, in San Diego, California. Wake up, America. Two-thirds of us are overweight or obese, and it's not your fault. End the guilt, frustration, and pain. Stop dieting, starving, and depriving yourself. Free yourself from the bondage of feeling trapped in your body. Forgive yourself. Achieve permanent weight loss with healing food. You can love food again. You can lose weight permanently. Thousands already have. Call now for a free DVD. Your body is a divine miracle. Learn how to activate the miracle. Call the Smart Food Club at 888-787-8188. Add historic American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family-owned, Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores, both right across the street at Main and Mollison in El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We are on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org, where you can listen to a recording of this show and previous shows. This show will be available on my website on Monday, um, tomorrow. So... Um, Go ahead and check that out. You can review it, uh, listen to the information again, and uh, uh, you know review anything maybe you feel like you missed. Um, our guest today is Dawn Stefanowitz. Um, she is uh, was parented by a homosexual father, and she is speaking out um, actually against homosexual parenting and actually believes that her father uh, would be opposed to homosexual parenting also. And um, Dawn, I wanted to ask you, you, you described in our previous segment, you described some of your upbringing and what it was like to grow up uh, in in a home where your father is bringing in different partners, uh, he's taking you to um, uh, nude beaches, he's taking you to other things that uh, m most of us are going to immediately go, this is completely inappropriate for a, a child to be exposed to these things at such a young age. And uh, one of the questions that kind of popped into my mind, because I'm always thinking from the skeptic side, is uh, maybe some, somebody might be thinking, yeah, but is your was your upbringing what's normal in a homosexual uh, relationship? Was it just that this just happened to be your father's lifestyle, but this isn't really the lifestyle of all homo male homosexuals, and it's also not the lifestyle necessarily of, let's say, um, a lesbian couple that is raising a child? Um, how, you, how would you respond to somebody who said, um, you know, your situation is unique in that regard? You know, it's interesting because, uh, first of all, I look at my own personal experience, and uh, from that place of what I personally knew growing up, all the different men that I saw within the gay communities in uh, Toronto and other cities where we vacationed, because my father uh, actually came down through, we would go down through the down the East Coast, down into Florida, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and so forth, and. Um, and so I saw my father up close, personally and socially, in not just in the home environment, but in where uh, gay men would socialize. And I was very aware of the bathhouses and the gay bars, because that's how men met each other, uh, you know, decades ago, before our 24-7 online gay porn, uh, gay chat type uh, websites that are now available and linked within one or two links from a a number of, um, you know, gay and lesbian type websites. Sure. So it's interesting because um, when I look at 
my experiences then and I look at today, I also am able to cross-reference with a number of adult children that have been in contact with me that grew up with either a gay or lesbian parent who also had a number of partners. And as we share our stories back and forth, so there's been about 50 adult children at least who have contacted me, and I know it's more, so I'm being extremely conservative here. I've also been contacted by spouses and ex-spouses, as well as family members and men and women that have left the gay or lesbian lifestyle. And they're very honest and upfront and tell me what they have gone through. So I know I'm not alone, and my experiences are actually not unique. There's actually a number of commonalities uh, with us as adult children, uh, children when we grow up in this. Now, the differences are going to be for today that... um, even though most of us are conceived heterosexually in, uh, you know, between like mother and father, a number of children now are, are growing up never, and they will never know one or both of their biological parents. Um, and that could be due to foster care, adoption. It could be due to artificial reproductive technologies and surrogacy when that is accessed by either a single or um uh, you know, couple, uh, you know, this is this is something where we as children are now coming into a situation where we may never know one or both of our biological parents. Mm. And then when you look at the research around homosexuality, and that has been shunned and kind of pushed into the closet, and you will notice that a number of our scientific organizations uh, that deal with physical health and mental health issues, like the APA and so forth, they have really um, come out with research that is only politically correct. And so you have to look at CDC's research on AIDS. You have to look at wider uh, statistics on uh, Western societies on AIDS and HIV. You have to look at um, not just diseases and, and mental health issues and physical health issues. You have to speak to the individual's yourself and that's what I've done. I've been in touch with different people and I've looked at the research. And then what you have to do is come forward and you have to look at the kinds of legislation that we are now dealing with. And when you add sexual orientation and gender identity as protected categories, that will make um, everyone else unequal because one group ends up being protected. I hear what you're saying now. End up being unprotected. Now you, yeah, that, uh, and the legislation is mind-boggling to me. I, I, yes. I can't believe the the laws that are being passed in California, where where I live. Um, our governor passed a law in July 2011 stating that uh, from kindergarten through 12th grade, uh, it's mandated that kids learn that homosexuality is just as normal as heterosexuality. And I, I look at the statistics, so that it, just the health consequences alone, and I, I just can't believe that that can pass. It just it just boggles my mind. I, I, I can't even put myself in the, in the mind of somebody that's passing this kind of legislation thinking, are they just living in an alternate universe? It just seems crazy to me. And, you know, the other thing that I really don't like is um, when the schools, when society, when legislators say it's okay to label children's and teen sexuality. I really disagree with that. I don't believe in labeling any child or any teenager as gay, lesbian, bisexual, transsexual, Mm. transgendered, or any of that. I believe, and I've looked at the research, and I've spoken to individuals that struggle in this area, and I've spoken to adults, so young people, adults, and so forth. I really believe that, you know, about 25% of young people at about age 13 will struggle with their sexuality. And it's just part of developing and maturing. And the problem is when you have um, certain types of GLBT propaganda in the schools, they want to label the kids, get them into gay-straight alliances, and and, and even if they're confused, bring them in under questioning and kind of align them with certain ideologies that yeah, kinda, are going to be disruptive long-term in their lives. Yeah, kind of lock, uh, lock them into a lock p- particular in. position. And Jeffrey Satin over in Trojan Horse uh, mentions this. He found that by early 20s, majority of people that struggled with their sexuality earlier on and their gender identity, only about 4% are now struggling in their 20s. 
However, he found, like, you know, by late 20s, that's when you get to the 1% to 2%. He found that men and women, right, if you look, go back into their teen years and they're coming from their teen years into their 20s, if they become associated with the political, social side of the, uh, of the uh, subcultures, that is when, um, you know, their sexuality becomes more fixed. Now, I'm not saying it is fixed. I'm just saying that that they tend to take on more of a GLBT identity and think of that as a sexual, uh, sexual orientation. I truly do not believe that our sexuality is gay, lesbian, bisexual, transsexual, transgender. I believe our identity is male or female. When I looked into intersex, um, you know, situations where children, um, you know, babies are born and they may have, uh, you know, both genitalia mm. or they, their DNA may have uh, X and Y chromosomes, but there's an extra chromosome. There's sure. something that is messed up. What they found among the intersex individuals was that the majority of them um, took on either the male the male sex or the female sex based on their DNA. So if they were 60% male, 40% female chromosomally, they they would take on what was the most in their DNA. So Interesting, if yeah. Male at 60%, they took on the male identity. Now, um, male gender. Dawn, but this, you rarely had transsexuality going on. So Go ahead. this this brings up uh, another question that I'm sure a lot of our audience is confused about is whether a person because it sounds like you're saying that sexual identity is fluid. What what's fixed is is our gender, male or female, um, which. Uh, um, people are wondering, okay, so does that mean that it, that homosexuality is a choice? And if so, why can't some people seem to change when they want to change? And um, when we come back, we're with Dawn Stefanowitz. Um, she's our special guest uh, and has a huge amount of knowledge on the issue of homosexuality. She was raised by her homosexual father. And uh, we'll be right back to discuss uh, the science and the logic behind whether or not it's possible to change your sexuality. Wake up, America. Diets don't work. Two-thirds of us are overweight or obese, and most of us have dutifully dieted our way there. Research indicates the average woman spends 17 years of her life on a diet. Stop dieting. You can lose weight permanently. Thousands already have. Call now for a free DVD. Your body is a divine miracle. Activate the miracle and lose weight permanently with healing foods. Call the Smart Food Club at 888-787-8188. Wake up, America. Two-thirds of us are overweight or obese, and it's not your fault. End the guilt, frustration, and pain. Stop dieting, starving, and depriving yourself. Free yourself from the bondage of feeling trapped in your body. Forgive yourself. Achieve permanent weight loss with healing food. You can love food again. You can lose weight permanently. Thousands already have. Call now for a free DVD. Your body is a divine miracle. Learn how to activate the miracle. Call the Smart Food Club at 888-787-8188. Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer, in San Diego every Sunday, 4 to 5 p.m. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org, where you can listen to a recording of the show or past shows. Now, today, our special guest is Dawn Stefanowitz, and we're having a discussion over a very important issue, uh, which is specifically homosexuality. But uh, more in-depth, we're, we're talking about that very soon here, right around the corner, just a few days away, the Supreme Court is going to start discussing whether or not there's a constitutional uh, right to same-sex marriage within uh, the Constitution. And that is, should the states have the right to determine whether same-sex marriage is allowed, or does the federal government need to step in? And say this is what it is for all states because uh, this is mandated by the Constitution. And uh, that decision is going to have far reaching consequences. Now, when we left the last segment, uh, we were touching on uh, some of what's going on here in, in regards to 
is somebody locked into sexuality? Is sexuality fluid? What's happening there? These are very important questions because it helps us to get a better grip on how to deal with this issue and uh, what we should be fighting for regarding legislation and things like this. And, uh, you know, whether people who want to change can change or not. Now, um, there was an Australian study done. They, uh, this was done by uh, Dr. Whitehead, uh, and he used the 14,000 twin database in uh, that Australia has identical twins. And what they found was that the concordance rate for what this means is that uh, when one twin had something, uh, another twin had it, right? So if one twin has blonde hair, the other twin has blonde hair. If one twin has brown eyes, the other has brown eyes. But what they found was that when one twin is homosexual, less than 50% of the time, the other twin would also, this is the identical twin, would also be homosexual. So what this uh, is telling us is that... Um, sexuality uh, is not genetic in the same sense that uh, your eye color or maybe your hair color or uh, other physical features are genetic. But instead, uh, although genetics certainly plays a role in sexuality, it's not the whole story. There's more to it than that. And um, Dawn uh, is not a therapist. Let me just preface this with that. But I'm just uh, she has a lot of insight into these issues that that um, a lot of us don't. We don't have the same perspective that she has. So, Dawn, I wanted to ask you about that. Um, what is your opinion regarding, uh, you know, from your experience and your studies? Uh, what is your uh, what is your let's say there's somebody out there right now who says, I don't want to be homosexual. Um, I don't I, I want to change. What what hope would you offer them? What what encouragement might you offer them? Well, I would say that, um, you know, I'm, I'm not speaking from, you know, my head here. I'm speaking from my heart because I grew up in this environment from infancy. Of course, I struggled with my sexuality and gender identity. Of course, I was confused about, um, you know, my feelings, my thoughts, and what I was struggling with because I was growing up in a very wide or broad understanding of sexuality and gender identity where there were not like uh, you know limits to uh, to just male or female there were not limits to just homosexuality my, my I mean my 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 father um, you know experimented with various types of sexualities you know as far as s and um, he also was attracted to minors he had other types of issues obviously experiment with nudity that's a type of sexuality um, and you know, it, it, it's something, you know, men's sexuality, I believe, is a little bit different than women's sexuality. I think men are very, like, almost, um, you know, it, it, if they're sexual, they're, they're sexual, it doesn't, but it doesn't have to be an emotional link. For women, we do tend to want an emotional, a deep emotional type of relationship. Sure. And that is, seems to be more primary among women. Um, first of all, we're, we are either male or female. I believe that that's, first, first of all, and foremost, our identity. Um, this whole idea of nurture and versus nature. Uh, so by nature, I believe, first of all, either male or female. The nurture part is the part in our environment growing up. And we can go through all sorts of uh, childhood traumas. We can experience child abuse. Uh, we can experience the loss of one or both of our parents, um, separation, divorce, many different types of obstacles, challenges in school, and so forth. It's so complex. Our thoughts and our feelings growing up as children and as we come into our teens, hormonally, what we're dealing with, you know, I don't believe that every single person out there that struggles with uh, same-sex attraction actually to, has chosen to struggle in this area. I mean, it's an area they're struggling in. Um, at the same time, I'm also very aware that there are young people that do experiment with their sexuality and their gender identity and don't necessarily have, you know, a particular attraction to the same sex. They're just experimenting. Um, we, 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 we're, just, we're living in a time where um, I think it's very important that no matter what your attractions are, no matter what your inclinations are, that you remain chaste. It's so important to abstain. It's so important not to act on that. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, whether you, you say you're homosexual, heterosexual, bisexual, whatever, if you're just, just 
it just stand still and say, okay, just because I feel this way or I think this way doesn't mean I have to act this way. I think we, you know, like in my environment, I had to pull back and say, okay, I'm going to tighten the boundaries around my sexuality. I'm going to tighten the boundaries around my gender identity. I made that choice. We have a choice to follow we can either follow our thoughts and feelings, or we can um, come to a to more of a standard. And for me, it really it came down to um, there is a biblical standard. There's the male and female, and it it says in, in scripture that you know he how he made us. And it specifically, it says, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And we were created to be not just solely there uh, as an individual. We were created in community, hmm. to be in relationship. And and so today, I think, we, because of the propaganda out there, the different ideologies, and people have moved so far away from the biblical model of marriage and family, you have more people struggling with their sexuality and gender identity than ever before. Yeah. It's in our movies, it's in our media, it's, it's being taught in our schools, it's everywhere. But I would say that to a person who struggles, understand their identity does not have to be gay, lesbian, bisexual, transsexual, transgender, or whatever they, they, you know, the names are out there, or the acronyms. Their identity, if they're a Christian, they can say, my identity is in Christ. Mm. That's it. Yeah. Now they don't have to take on uh, whatever inclination or struggle they have. That does not have to become their primary identity. And it, I'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah, that's a powerful. That's a powerful statement. And Don, obviously, um, I mean, it's not like you hate your father or something. You're you're actually very uh, sympathetic to your father and and what he himself went through as a child. Um, after reading a little bit of what you've written about it, and you know, somebody out there, somebody in our audience might um, be interpreting this as, well, Don doesn't like homosexuals, or Don, no, no, you know, no. I yeah. Have... And I I I want to I want to um, hear you talk about this because I know this is not your not at all your case, I nor is it love, mine. But I love men and women, yeah. no matter what, yeah. okay, in the sense of no matter what they struggle with, I look at them as a person. Yeah. Each of us is unique. Yeah. Now we're, we're going to, we're coming up on a. I someone solely based on what their sexual attraction is. Yeah. Or their we're, sexual behavior. We're coming up on a break here and um, I appreciate that. And I, uh, I feel the same way um, that what we're all uh, living life together here. And our goal is to know the truth, walk in the truth and walk in uh, joy and a fullness of life. And um, we're going to be right back. We're here having a fantastic discussion with our guest, Don Stefanowitz and, and um, so we will be right back and uh, continue this discussion. Wake up, America. Two-thirds of us are overweight or obese, and it's not your fault. And the guilt, frustration, and pain. Stop dieting, starving, and depriving yourself. Free yourself from the bondage of feeling trapped in your body. Forgive yourself. Achieve permanent weight loss with healing foods. You can love food again. You can lose weight permanently. Thousands already have. Call now for a free DVD, Your Body is a Divine Miracle. Learn how to activate the miracle. Call the Smart Food Club at 888-787-8188. Take your first steps toward pain-free feet. With just one call, Dr. Roy Phillips will take time with you whether you need top-quality orthotics, relief from ingrown or infected nails, fasciitis, bursitis, or surgical solutions. If you've been told that you need surgery, call Dr. Roy Phillips, 858-272-1091. Learn more online at drphillipspodiatrist.com, 858-272-1091. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. If you're just tuning in, we're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego, California. You can stream the show live at am1170theanswer.com all over the world. My website is educateforlife.org. You can pick up a recording of this show on the website uh, the, day after, uh, the day after the show. That's tomorrow. And uh, you can also visit Dawn Stefanowitz's website. Uh, Dawn, what is your website? It's basically my first and my last name. And if you can't spell my last name, just look up D-A-W-N, Dawn, out from under, and you'll get to my website. Okay, fantastic. And, and she has a lot of resources on the website. If you're, if you're looking into, um, you know, the causes of homosexuality, if you're looking into um, 
you know, the legal implications of same-sex marriage or same-sex adoption, uh, her testimonies that she shared in front of the Supreme Court of the United States and other courts, um, so all kinds of good information for research and so forth. I wanted to start off with this verse, Romans seven twenty-one through 25. It says, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I... You know, I want to emphasize that um, uh, we're coming from a biblical worldview here. And and ultimately, um, what we want to say is that we want to live in line with God. We, we are all imperfect. We all make mistakes. We all do things that are wrong. Um, but really... What is the attitude of our heart? Is the attitude of our heart that we want to move towards God or we want to move away from God? Do we want to do our best to follow God or do we want to live in rebellion of God? And uh, that's not, that's a difficult thing. And, and, uh, Christ holds out his hand to all people, right? Um, he treated uh, the, the woman at the well who had, had uh, been with five different men and was currently sleeping with a guy that wasn't her husband, and uh, he offered her eternal life. He offered her the living water that he had. Um, the woman who was condemned in adultery, uh, he, he said to her, um, you know, all these guys wanted to condemn her, and he said, where are your accusers? He had, he had caused them all to go away. And uh, he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And so Christ's heart is one in which he's, he's seeking to rescue people. Uh, that is the attitude of Christ, and really that's our attitude too. Um, but despite that, there are real-world consequences to the way we live. And so I wanted to ask Dawn next, um, right around the corner here, the Supreme court is going to make, make a decision about same sex marriage. And I know you're opposed to both same sex, uh, marriage as well as same sex parenting. And, um, yet you love all people. And how, how do you reconcile that too? Why, why are you against these things? But at the same time, you love people. Um, you know, the people well, in it's these interesting positions. because uh, people have to understand that I loved my dad. I absolutely loved him. I had no hatred for him. And I love men and women, and I'm especially sensitive and compassionate, knowing uh, when they struggle in their sexuality and or their gender identity. Um, but this really isn't about same-sex marriage. What's happening at the Supreme Court, in, you know, in the U.S., is not about, personally about um, animosity towards uh, anyone who struggles with their sexuality or gender identity. What same-sex marriage is, is a movement. Um, there's a movement, uh, a very dark agenda, that's underneath same-sex marriage, which will bring in centralized state power and remove your First Amendment freedoms. Why am I saying this? In Canada, we've had same-sex marriage for 10 years. We have seen the erosion of our freedoms of speech, press, religion, and association uh, due to government pressure. We could not be talking about homosexuality. We could not be dealing with the debate about same-sex marriage in Canada at this time because our speech is restricted. Our blogging, our ability to write articles, our ability to do media interviews, even our ability to address this even within a faith community such as a church, um, there are activists that would sit in on our church services and police our speech, basically. So pastors across Canada have been told by lawyers and by their own denominations that there, there are certain subjects they cannot address from the pulpit without there being a great risk of a human rights complaint and or um, not just the complaint, and a fine that would be associated with it, but the loss of charitable status. So I, I want to say this. Uh, this is a question I put out there. Why police and prosecute speech under the guise of eliminating hate speech when there are existing legal remedies and criminal protections against slander, defamation, threats, and assault that equally apply to all Americans? Once you put in, um, you, you take marriage and you redefine it from its biblical understanding. You have now created genderless marriage, which means anybody can get married. And then you have this long extension of 
people coming forward and wanting their relationships, whether those are with animals, objects, or multiple sexual partners, they want recognition of their particular types of relationships under the name of marriage. And we have to understand that when when same-sex marriage is legalized, however that is done, immediately parenting is redefined. In Canada, when same-sex marriage passed, under the Bill C-38. It included a provision to erase the term natural parent and replace it across the board with gender-neutral legal parent in federal law. Now all children in Canada only have legal parents as defined by the state. By legally erasing biological parenthood in this way, the state ignores children's foremost right, their immutable intrinsic yearning to know and be raised by their own biological parents mother and father. And if I can go beyond that and tell you this, that our language in Canada has been changed, and this is what's going to happen in America. Uh, we don't, um, we do not hear father and mother, husband and wife uh, used much anymore in our schools because our language has changed in our media, in our government, in our workplaces, and in our schools. Uh, we use gender-neutral terms like spouse instead of husband or wife, parent instead of mother or father. We've even had some schools ban the mention of Mother's Day or Father's Day because that might offend some of the children in the classroom who don't have a mother or don't have a father. And so, you know, where we are at now in North America, in the U.S., if same-sex marriage goes through, you are going to have every area of freedom is, is going to be restricted. Your, um, it isn't just going to be the businesses that deal directly with weddings. It will affect every business, and every business will uh, not be able to permit their conscience to inform their business practices and decisions because now they will have to be in line with the state's law. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, that. Yes. And we're already seeing this happening um, around our country today. Uh, I, I know the Alliance Defending Freedom is fighting hard to uh, defend, for example, uh, uh, firefighter chief Kelvin Cochran, and uh, as well as um, the florist case that's happening up in Washington right now. Also, we're with Don Stefanowitz, uh, who has uh, insight uh, that is um, different from most, uh, all kinds of uh, background and ability to explain these issues um, from a very credible position. And uh, I encourage you to read her book uh, that out from under that she's published and also to uh, do some research on her site. Uh, my name is Kevin Conover. You're on Educate for Life uh, radio. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. And uh, we will be right back with Dawn Stefanowitz. We have one more segment to go uh, to continue to kind of um, hash this out and discuss these issues. Wake up, America. Diets don't work. Two-thirds of us are overweight or obese, and most of us have dutifully dieted our way there. Research indicates the average woman spends 17 years of her life on a diet. Stop dieting. You can lose weight permanently. Thousands already have. Call now for a free DVD. Your body is a divine miracle. Activate the miracle and lose weight permanently with healing foods. Call the Smart Food Club at 888-787-8188. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org. My guest, a very special guest, uh, very honored to have her on today, is Dawn Stefanowitz. She is... Um, uh, was raised by a homosexual father. Her father passed away from AIDS, as well as his partners, uh, multiple partners who ended up passing away from AIDS also. And uh, she is speaking out because she is concerned about the direction our country is going in regards to the issue of homosexuality and homosexual marriage. And uh, she believes we're going down a path that is going to negatively impact our freedom regarding our ability to freely speak our minds because it's impacted Canada in that way already. And also because it's uh, dangerous to be uh, parenting children in these kinds of circumstances, circumstances which lead to uh, growing up in a, a very unhealthy environment. And I wanted to give her time to speak on this at the end here in our last segment. Um, Dawn, can you tell us what your view is regarding homosexual parenting and um, just why you're so opposed to it? 
Well, first of all, in when you have same-sex parenting or genderless parenting, you have to first of all look at what the ideal is. And it's it's one man, one woman marriage where children are are uh, know and are raised by their own biological father and biological mother in uh, a very stable household. That is the ideal. We know now through research that children that are raised uh, in situations where they are raised by their biological parents, but the parents are not married, they are, the parents are cohabiting, these kids do not fare well at all and have a lot of challenges. There's a greater risk of abuse, a greater risk that one of the parents, especially the father, will walk out. Um, we know separation and divorce also impact children negatively. In fact, um, Judith um, Wallerstein did research over 25 years, uh, a longitudinal study, and she found the children were still dealing with divorce 25 years after uh, they, their own, you know, children's parents had divorced, and now these children are growing up and often married now with children. They're still being impacted by it. We know single parenting affects children, remarriage, step parenting, uh, foster care and adoption. The kids are going to have a number of challenges. And then children that uh, are now starting to speak up, they're now often in their 20s, early 30s. They were conceived using reproductive technologies and sometimes surrogacy. We know those children feel like they're missing half their identity. They often will have a number of issues, higher risk of cancer, higher risk of um, medical conditions, psychological conditions. When it comes to same-sex parenting, there's been a lot of uh, political correctness. And we understand that um, as children growing up, that we are silenced. We can't talk about it. And it's more than just the uh, the fact that our parents tend to have uh, multiple partners. Only about 2% of us, uh, children of gays or children of lesbians, actually grow up in a stable environment. Only 2% where uh, we actually grow up from... Um, uh, infancy or, or very young childhood in a stable environment, you know, where it's our parent with a same-sex partner, the same same-sex partner up to about age 18. That happens in about 2% of our households. The 98% of us children of gays and lesbians grow up in an environment where um, the partners that our parent is involved in come in and out of our home. It's not a stable environment. We deal with depression, suicidal ideation. We are often told we have to be politically correct. We can't talk about this. We can't talk about that. We can't say anything negative about what we grow up in because it's all about adult desires and what the adults want. It isn't about what what we as children need. We are always, always longing for both of our biological parents. However, we ended up in a gay household, whether that's because our original uh, biological parents divorced or one died or, um, you know, whatever happened. And then now we are in a situation where we may be with one or no biological parents. That all depends on how we got into our final, in this final place. There's a tremendous amount of instability. Yes, there is. Uh, we're, we're also exposed to uh, possible risk factors because of our parents' um, in, in unstable relationships. There can be sexual diseases. There can be health uh, physical health and mental health risks for us as children. I know in my environment, I was exposed to pathogens, and that was confirmed through in the last several years when I told my own family physician what environment I grew up in. He told me that I needed to go for a whole uh, a set of blood tests, which they only give to um, either gay men or um, prostitutes. And so here I am uh, having blood tests at, because I was a child that grew up in this environment and was potentially exposed to a number of pathogens. And so the blood test came back that I was exposed, uh, not just hepatitis, but there were other pathogens. I had the uh, antibodies to prove it. 
That is never discussed. You know, the fact that as a little child uh, growing up, I'm going to use the same linens and towels, the same cloths. The toothbrushes are going to be touching one another. I'm going to be eating off the same dishes, utensils. If there's a razor in the bathroom and I, uh, I'm i a little girl and I want to get rid of the hair on my legs or whatever, I might pick up that razor, and I'm not thinking it's daddy's or, or daddy's partner's or who is it, you know, who it belongs to. I'm just going to use it. I'm not thinking that there's any pathogens. I'm not thinking about the toilet seat I'm sitting on. Um, I don't. I don't want to get too particular here, but gay sex sure. is quite messy, and yeah. it, it's not appropriate to discuss it. But, but it is a very challenging environment to grow up in. We are at a higher risk of sexual abuse. We're at a higher risk of being uh, forced to become sexually involved uh, with uh, certain individuals. And and there's just a wider understanding of sexuality and gender identity in. Um, in uh, genderless uh, mm. relationships. Now, Dawn, do you think that more and more people, because um, I've done the research on this, and I know that everything you're saying is true, and uh, and, and the, the extent to which this goes is pretty astounding, um, but do you think that more and more people that were in similar situations to yours are going to speak up knowing that... Uh, the country is going in a in a bad direction in regarding to kind of endorsing um, the homosexual lifestyle. More adult children are actually speaking up. I mean, in the last month or so, um, I think focus on the family. There's been some other groups that have been publishing articles on, from uh, adult children that I've not heard of before. They're coming out of the woodwork, and because they understand that, you know, the propaganda out there, the big, you know, well-funded lobby groups um, are pushing for same-sex marriage, but we as children have a very different reality. This was not good for us. This hurt us very deeply, and uh, we often will have intimacy issues in our relationships. We don't trust people around us, uh, and, and you know what people don't talk about? We lose intergenerational supports within one generation because if we get detached from our own blood relatives for whatever reason but especially with gay parenting that's what happens it often happens it permanently destabilizes us because we as the next generation when we get married have our own kids we will not have the same kind of intergenerational supports the emotional supports, the economic supports that come around us, provide caregiving uh, to our our fam- you know our own children to help give us a break. We are more likely um, children that come from gay households. We are more likely to be on state assistance. Yeah, because I, of the loss of intergenerational supports. Boy, I I can't say how much this message is needed. Uh, I think, especially in our culture, in our day and age, it's incredible. Um, I want to end today's uh, show with Second Peter three nine. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. First Timothy. G- for two forces, God, our savior, who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. God is not out uh, to be people's enemies, uh, but God is out to see people saved and to to people turn from their sin um, because he wants to save their lives. And Don, I just want to thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, uh, it's been a real blessing. Thank you. Thank you. You know, the truth really does set us free. And Absolutely. We'll go with that. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Don Don Stefanowitz. She's, uh, you can Check out her book, Out From Under, on her website. Okay, um, to our audience out there, we'll see you next week, 4 to 5, Sunday. Uh, Have a fantastic evening. Bye-bye. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, a regular feature on AM 1170, The Answer. Learn more about Kevin and his work online at his website, educateforlife.com. That's educateforlife.com. You'll find great resources, ideas, and even video classes there to help you grow and understand what in the world is happening. Encourage your friends to listen for great guests and intelligent analysis of the stories that shape our lives. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, exclusively on AM 1170. The answer. Bring your tired and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always.
Educate for Life on AM 1170. The answer is sponsored by educateforlife.org.